1: Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your Friday night SmackDown and AEW Rampage post show for June 17th, 2022. I am your host, JD from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Friday nights wherever you may be. Man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Where do I even begin? Where do I even begin? First of all, if you guys missed the podcast, very, very important podcast, very, very important podcast. If you guys missed the podcast, it went live earlier this afternoon at 1 p.m. Off the Scripts, episode 434. We talked about Vince McMahon, the scandal, the allegations, Stephanie McMahon being named the interim CEO And Vince stepping back. He's not stepping down. He's not stepping away. He's stepping back. Stephanie McMahon is the interim CEO of World Wrestling Entertainment. Vince McMahon was promoted for SmackDown tonight. And everybody was kind of running around in the community, swirling the idea around of what Vince McMahon was going to say. And when SmackDown started at 8 p.m., we heard that iconic theme music, No Chance in Hell. People singing along to No Chance in Hell, chanting for Vince McMahon, cheering Vince McMahon as if nothing ever happened. Just happy to see him. Happy to see him. This man was revered as a legend and a hero on, on Friday Night SmackDown tonight. He shows up. He says absolutely nothing of any substance. He goes over what the opening graphic of WWE television is. Then, now, forever, and the most important word in that phrase, together. We're in this together. Throws the microphone down, and legitimately, it lasted less than 45 seconds. Vince McMahon's promo, to open SmackDown lasted less than 45 seconds. Everybody bowing to Vince McMahon, all this other bullshits, heralding this guy as a fucking hero. He shruts down to the ring. He struts out of the ring. Smile on his face. They weren't kidding, man. Business as usual on Friday night SmackDown. The locker room did not appreciate business as usual. They did not. There was actually backstage frustration over Vince McMahon's SmackDown appearance. And this is coming from SAP on Fightful Select. He's provided an update on the backstage reaction to the news that Vince McMahon will be on the show. The reaction that Fightful got when speaking to people in the company was that of frustration. As they saw what happened and heard what was going to happen. And they viewed the move as largely a superficial move. One talent said they saw Vince appearing on screen as a cheap ratings ploy in the middle of something serious. And don't expect much of the culture or presentation of WWE to change with McMahon still around and in control of creative. They go on to say, and quote, as long as Vince McMahon still has his creative duties, Nothing will change. What could possibly be different if he asks something of Stephanie as interim CEO? Is she going to say no? One wrestler added. There are numerous sources across multiple departments in WWE who have stated to Fightful that they will communicate to higher ups and possibly Vince McMahon himself that appearing on screen and character isn't a good idea. One wrestler even feared that McMahon would attempt to turn this into a Vince McMahon versus the world type narrative that existed after the steroid trial, as seen in Stephanie's post-9-11 speech on SmackDown. However, the one source that we spoke to here at Fightful that was close to Vince McMahon now and during those eras agreed this is the biggest threat to McMahon's power since the steroid trial. Fightful has also spoken to several people backstage about change within the company. One top star in WWE said that they didn't really know what was going on, but that they've heard in theory, Stephanie McMahon is my boss. If she's my boss, that fucking rules. A former employee that worked with Stephanie prior to her team being dismantled said that the tone was always that she would be in that role eventually, CEO. She knows and breathes the business, and she's seamless. They also noted that the narrative around friction between Nick Khan and Stephanie McMahon wasn't something they personally have experienced. Another top talent said that, I quote, I imagine it won't change much, but I love Stephanie, so that's good. I imagine Vince keeps his position in creative, and once the investigation is over, he'll be back over if he can. End quote. First of all, I loved reading this because it justified legitimately everything I said on the podcast earlier in the day. Everybody was throwing fucking ticker tape parades. Everybody was busting out the fucking bottles of champagne and fucking pouring me drinks over ice. JD, WWE is set to change. WWE is going to be different. We got a new era. This is what you wanted all these years. You're finally getting it. What do we got what are we getting? We're getting absolutely jack shit. We're getting jack shits handed to us on a fucking silver platter, man. I knew what was going to happen before anybody reported what the backstage feeling in the company was. Stephanie McMahon is CEO, interim CEO by title only. That is it. Vince McMahon is never going to allow anyone outside or McMahon to run the fucking company until he is dead in the ground six feet under. If they even bury him six feet under, I don't know what the fuck is going to happen to Vince McMahon when he's not walking amongst us anymore. Vince is never going to relieve himself from this position especially over creative man. I think people really need to come back down to earth, man. They really need to come back down to earth. Stephanie is not the CEO. She's in this, she's in the CEO position for the board of directors and for all the fucking shareholders only because they need somebody there. They need a McMahon representative there to show face. Vince is a mastermind. I said this earlier. Vince is a mastermind. He had this all strategically planned out. They badmouthed Stephanie. They buried Stephanie in her old position. She went away, only for Vince to then have these allegations brought against him. And then he went to the board of directors, which is a total of 12 people, him and Nick Khan and Stephanie McMahon included. She was still on the board of directors. He went to the board of directors before he was asked, to step down, or maybe he wasn't even asked to step down. I don't know. Maybe he did it on his own accord. Maybe Jerry McDiven and his and his team of lawyers told him to step down, and that was probably the right move. But before that was even done and executed, he went to the board of directors, Nick Khan included, and he gave them the option to hire a new CEO interim while he does step away or step back, step back, not step down or step away, step back, while he takes care of his business And when all of this is swept under the rug, which I absolutely believe it will be, he will be back and nothing, nothing will be talked about again. Everybody's going to pretend like nothing ever happened. But Vince is a mastermind. He wasn't leaving the power to Nick Khan to ultimately choose an interim CEO. If Nick Khan had the power to choose an interim CEO, Vince McMahon would never get back that title of CEO. He'd be actively removed, period. So Vince McMahon is a mastermind. Everything he did was done perfectly. Now, Stephanie, everybody loves Stephanie, right? Everybody wants to see Stephanie in charge. Stephanie's married to Triple H. Everybody's having these fucking, these these, uh, images of grandeur all of a sudden, right? Oh, Stephanie's gonna give power to Triple H. NXT's gonna be back to normal. And Bruce Pritchard's gonna be fired in the beaver. (laughs) He's gonna be fucking fired. No, nothing is going to happen. Will there be internal cleaning of house? Yes, there will be. There has to be. Just to show the board of directors that she's doing something proactively in Vince McMahon's absence. But Vince McMahon, he'll be able to hear the word no. He may be on the receiving end of a couple of no's. But Vince McMahon is running this Gotham City, I said, from the fucking shadows. Stephanie McMahon is nothing more than a puppet. She's a puppet. If anything... This is a test. This is a little test for Stephanie McMahon to run the company and get a feel for what it is right now when Vince McMahon no longer can do it. And he really needs to step away 100% completely. Nick Khan is hoping that he takes all the power from the McMahons. He was hoping that this would be it right? Because I do believe Nick Khan is the whistleblower in this. I really do believe Nick Khan told the board of directors what was going on. And this forced Vince McMahon's hand. He thought he was going to get rid of Vince McMahon. He got rid of Shane. He got rid of Stephanie. He got rid of fucking Triple H. Vince McMahon was the only one left. So he thought he had Vince McMahon fucking dead to rights. And Vince pulled out the fucking Joker card on him and showed him who really is the boss here. I don't understand why people are thinking this is some big fucking deal. Stephanie McMahon is only CEO, interim CEO, in title only. Vince is still running everything operational about WWE. If anything, and his appearance tonight did anything, it showed you exactly that. Laughing, strutting, smiling, jovial. Vince McMahon's mood backstage was said to be of that it was joking around. PW Insider reported that McMahon is backstage at SmackDown and was seen joking around during the production meeting and he was not selling anything at all. Multiple sources stated that McMahon has been in a great mood. Nothing was said in regards to the allegations to people backstage, but there have been rumors about the situation being addressed with the talent. But thus far, nothing has happened. The pre-show meetings were described as weird and some are privately wondering how many NDAs were uncovered. As noted in the Wall Street Journal, there may be others who have reached deals to keep quiet about misconduct. Whatever is planned for McMahon is being kept quiet and people on Creative have not been told what he will say on the show, which I just went over. John Laurinaitis has not been seen backstage. Good riddance to John Laurinaitis. The swamp needs to be cleared, starting with him and Bruce Pritchard. Get them the fuck out. They got no business. Their womanizing ways are over. Their sexual advances towards women are over. The misconduct and the mistreatment of the women's division is over. Get them out. Get them out. They do not belong in a pro wrestling capacity anymore. Goodbye. Nobody will miss John Lournitis and his fucking raspy ass fucking old man geezer fucking voice, man. People power, right? Go people power yourself somewhere else, man. Like I said on the podcast earlier, he's now nothing more than the Bellas bitch. Good riddance. If this promo or segment by Vince McMahon showed you anything, it's that the man is 100% still in charge of WWE. Nothing will change creatively until he is actively gone 100% and the sense of Vince McMahon no longer lingers in the air. Backstage environment's going to be more of the same. That's coming directly from the fucking locker room. They don't believe a single thing is going to fucking change. So why are you thinking anything is going to change? The only thing that is going to change is that Vince McMahon will now appear to everybody, especially the drones, the e-drones out there, or you know who they are on social media. This man will be heralded more of a god than ever before. Because I already see it happening. All the geeks out there thinking that he's really the genetic jackhammerings, and he's some sexual fucking Hugh Hefner, fucking 76-year-old CEO, Vince McMahon. Great. Great. The old man mentality, the fucking old boys club mentality has got to get the fuck out of WWE. I said this before. The change that we are all wanting could potentially happen, but I don't really see much of anything happening. She may clear the swamp and people may get tournament. Johnny Laurinaitis is as good as gone, but you may see moves like that made. You may see people that were fired on her team brought back. But Triple H is not getting NXT back. Black and gold is not going to represent itself on Tuesday night. Nothing's going to happen creatively as we saw on television tonight. Nothing, nothing felt different about tonight's show. Nothing will feel different about tonight's show. It's all bullshit. It is all bullshit. I don't understand why people are up in this fantasy realm thinking that Vince McMahon, all because he stepped down from CEO, things are going to be drastically different. If the man is still in charge of creative, then expect nothing to change. Nothing to change. Stephanie could combat him on things here and there, but it's not really going to make any lick of a difference because Stephanie, no matter what she does and whatever problems she has and whatever she wants to do, she's got to go to Daddy Vince. Vince makes the ultimate decisions. Now, then, now, forever, together, Vince makes the ultimate fucking decision. The other big thing that happened tonight, Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle and Roman Reigns for the WWE Undisputed Universal Heavyweight Championship of World Wrestling Entertainment. The match itself was fine. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it was one of the best TV matches that I've ever seen. Honestly, I felt like it was one of the weakest Roman Reigns matches that we've seen. Whether that has to do with the layoff and him being off fucking TV for four weeks Or if WWE gave you six fucking commercial breaks in the middle of the fucking match, which was difficult for the viewer at home to get invested in what the fuck they were doing. No matter the reason, I felt like it was one of the weakest Roman Reigns matches that we've seen. I've seen a lot better out of the quote-unquote tribal chief. Do you feel Matt Riddle was enhanced a little bit more so in this match with Roman Reigns? I don't think so. In fact, I think he looked worse. To be brutally honest with you, I was expecting this to take Matt Riddle to the next level. I don't feel Matt Riddle was taken to the next level. I honestly feel Randy Orton and teaming with Randy Orton and RK Bro took him to that next level. And Roman Reigns didn't really do anything to add on top of that. I don't think so. I don't know what you guys think. But I didn't feel that way. Was it a good match? Of course it was a good match. Reigns is great. Riddle's great. It was a good match. But I don't feel that this was a breakout performance for Matt Riddle. I've seen a lot better from Matt Riddle. Teaming with Randy Orton. It was what happened after the match. That's got everybody talking. WWE, in their typical way, can't give any spotlight to Matt Riddle because of the title match of the year with Roman Reigns. That was immediately fucking erased from history as soon as Brock Lesnar came out. Yes, Brock Lesnar came out. Roman Reigns ended the match at 9.52 Eastern Standard Time. There was five minutes left before WWE typically goes off the air. They usually go off the air on the East Coast here at 9.57 with SmackDown to give that three-minute buffer for the Fox 5 News at 10 o'clock. Five minutes. Gets on the microphone, blah, blah, blah. Acknowledge me. He's walking out. Cue Brock Lesnar's music. Brock Lesnar comes down wearing flannel. Who the fuck wears flannel in the summertime? I don't know how cold it is in Minneapolis, or how hot it is, rather, in Minneapolis, or if it's fucking cold, but he came out wearing flannel, cowboy hat. I felt like I was having fucking deja vu all over again. Living Groundhog's Day once again in WWE, as we don't get that every fucking week. Groundhog's Day. Lesnar gets in the ring. He extends his hand to Roman Reigns. He wanted Roman Reigns to shake his hand and then he goes to shake his hand like a dumbass and then he gets F5. Brock Lesnar, F5, Roman Reigns and within minutes on social media, WWE put up the, gra- put up the graphic. It was Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar in a last man standing match for the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship at Summer Scam. Yes, WWE is once again giving you A Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns match at SummerSlam. And this is absolutely the drizzling shits. If you are even remotely invested in this, you may be the dumbest fucking shill I have ever come across, man. If you are excited about this match, you have absolute shit for brains. You are absolutely somebody I would not want anywhere near me talking professional wrestling. Go watch somebody else who somehow is fucking excited about this bullshit. Everything that I do on this channel, I give the best fucking ideas in the entire fucking community. I laid out exactly the roadmap that WWE needs to drive down on the road to SummerSlam and what do they do? They give you Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns again. What is this? The ninth time since 2015. I I don't get it. I don't get it. And the funny thing is, folks, the funny thing is, I had people on social media claiming to me that it was the only option and WWE is out of options. Now, the only person that would tell that, especially to me, who's probably smarter than 99.9% of the fucking community, you're going to tell me that WWE is out of options? You're going to tell another fucking fan who might not be on the same level of intelligence as me, right? You're going to tell this to somebody else and say that Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar is the only option for SummerSlam. Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar is not the only option for SummerSlam. First of all, First of all, this is a Nick Khan initiative, okay? Nick Khan is such a great businessman that I don't think he really understands what the fuck is going on creatively on television. Maybe he doesn't fucking watch the show. Clearly he doesn't, because in some fucking sick and twisted reality, Nick Khan thinks that WWE can sell out a fucking full football size stadium for SummerSlam in the middle of July, at the end of July, in the middle of the summer, and get away with it by booking Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns again? I'm sorry, I failed to understand why, A, you're booking a stadium that you creatively, with the way your product comes off on television, it's a fucking laughing stock. What makes you think you're going to be able to sell out a stadium where the fucking Tennessee Titans play NFL all season in the middle of the summer for SummerSlam? That's your first fucking mistake. Maybe he doesn't watch the fucking show. Does somebody need to get him a fucking email like Vince McMahon cheating on his wife? Get him an email and tell him how fucking atrocious the current WWE product is? Please, please, somebody in WWE corporate, get that him, get that email to him, stop I want to see that email in his fucking Google fucking uh, Gmail account on Monday morning, 9 a.m. sharp. I don't get it. This is not the only option. Imagine telling somebody that this is the only option when you have Bobby Lashley and AJ Styles on the other show. On the other show. You know, the show that Roman Reigns refuses to go on. The other show that Roman Reigns is holding their championship hostage. Imagine telling somebody that that's the only option when Bobby fucking Lashley is on Monday Night Raw flexing his fucking oily muscles so that Vince McMahon can get a hard-on in his $20,000 Gucci suit. Imagine telling me that there's no options for Roman Reigns, but Brock Lesnar needs to come back because WWE is absolutely fucking desperate. Not even Bobby Lashley. AJ Styles, Kevin Owens, right? I don't give a fuck. There are options. WWE is just afraid to take them This is what they get. This is what they get. How sad of Roman Reigns' title run going into 2022. Did you ever think that it was going to get as bad as it is now? I was an advocate for Roman Reigns' title run. I was. I thought everything he was doing was fucking great. He wore the gold glove. He made everything fucking he touched turn to gold. He was putting on banger after banger after banger after banger. The fucking stories in the ring were tremendous. He had fucking matching. to your candidates with literally everybody that they put in the fucking ring with him, right? And now look at 2022. Coming out, Seth Rollins is another one, right? But I'll get to Seth Rollins in a second. Imagine coming out of the Royal Rumble and that banger match with Seth Rollins that Roman Reigns title run going into 2022 would be one of the most uneventful, one of the worst WWE world title runs of the modern era. Roman Reigns title run, the second half of this 700 plus day title run is one of the worst title runs of the WWE modern era. And nobody will convince me. Otherwise part-time schedules, No shows, no appearances, taking a title away from Monday Night Raw and leaving them with fucking Austin Theory's oily pecs. This is what this title reign has boiled down to. This is what this title reign has boiled down to. This is your fault. This is not Roman Reigns' fault. This is all Vince McMahon's fault. This is all Bruce Prichard's fault. This is what happens when, A, you put all your eggs in the Roman bloodline basket, and, B, refuse who creates new stars. When the only two people that are right now credible against Roman Reigns go down with injury legitimately three weeks from each other and you are left with nobody else, whose fucking fault is that? I'm not going to give you any fucking sympathy coming from me. I know the fucking geeks online are going fucking, to fucking jerk off to the fact that Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns are going to go to SummerSlam. Are you truly excited about this? Or are you just genuinely a fucking dick rider, man? Are you a cocksucker? I can't stand these people, man. This is a match for the fucking blithering idiot out there who doesn't know any better. For people like me and you, this match sucks. The match at WrestleMania is one of the worst WrestleMania main events in company history. If you think... 27 fucking F5s and German suplexes combined with seven spears and six Superman punches constitutes as a great wrestling match. Jesus fucking Christ, man. You must be coming over from Denise's channel if that's the fucking case. You can't be fucking serious. You can't be serious. This shit sucks. This is really, I said it, man, I want to see everybody go, I want to see everybody go to Bonfire and buy themselves a Summer Scam t-shirt, man. I think any time that I've said Summer Scam, I say it every single year, man, it doesn't even fucking count the last times we've said it. It applies so much more now this year, man. Go get your Summer Scam t-shirts, they're on sale right now. Get ready for the summer, man, this is nothing more than a Summer Scam. WWE foolishly thinks that they're bigger than they think they are, and they can't even sell out a third of the fucking stadium that will be housing SummerSlam this year. You want to know why? Because of what they're doing. You think the fucking casuals are going to fly to Tennessee in the fucking heart of the summer to watch a match that we've seen fucking nine times already? Roman Reigns beat Brock Lesnar. Already at WrestleMania, when it counted for both titles. Now he's got to do it again? I'm sorry, I failed to see how this piques people's interest. What will happen? What's going to happen? Seth Rollins tweeted out, he put a fucking, just, he put one of those emojis with somebody putting their fucking palm over their fucking face, man. He was so disgusted about what he saw, which is a inside thing, a little seed planted about what is to come Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar will have their match at SummerSlam on July 30th in a last-man-standing match for the WWE and Universal title, okay? Now, what I think will happen, this sets it up perfectly, it's basically what I've been pitching, but they're doing it at SummerSlam instead of doing it at Clash of the Castle. What I originally pitched was Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns at Clash of the Castle in Cardiff, Wales, and Drew McIntyre beating Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. That's what I pitched. And then after that match is over, Rollins comes down, he fucking does the heist of the century all over again, and he wins the WWE title from Roman Reigns and takes the WWE title back to Monday Night Raw in the same night. Theoretically, Roman Reigns would lose both the Universal and WWE Championships in the same night. So Rollins could take the title back to Monday Night Raw and we can get a proper main event on Monday night again. Well, how do we do that, J.D.? They got to defend both titles. They have a way around it. You could fucking book it into the contract, put it in a contract, contract signing, only put one title on the line. There are ways around it. They're not unified. They are undisputed, or whatever the fuck they call them, the Undisputed Heavyweight Championship. They are not unified. Unified means one, I see two. WWE doesn't call it the unified title on Monday night and Friday night. They call it the Undisputed World Heavyweight Championship. So that's what needs to happen. That's what needs to happen. Now, Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns is happening at SummerSlam. Let's speed this up. Let's speed this up. Instead of clash at the castle, we get McIntyre and Reigns with Rollins cashing in for the WWE title. We're going to speed this up to SummerSlam. Roman Reigns is going to beat Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam because he's got a date with Drew McIntyre at clash at the castle. We're going to get that match regardless. But Roman Reigns is going to beat Brock Lesnar. By that time we get to SummerSlam, Seth Rollins would have already run, won Money in the Bank. He's going to cash in on Roman Reigns, and he's going to do the Heist of the Century 2.0 at SummerSlam. And the kicker is, what he did at WrestleMania 31 was against Reigns and Lesnar. He's going to do the same thing in 2022 against Reigns and Lesnar.
2: There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. That's indeed.com slash blue wire sports and support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast indeed.com slash blue wire sports terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed.
1: He's going to take the WWE title back to Monday, Night raw, how they do it, how they weasel it, how they fucking explain it. I don't know. That's their fucking job. I don't get paid to creatively write though. I should for Bruce Pritchard because his ideas suck and I'm a fucking genius. That's what's going to happen. We're going to get a heist of the century at SummerSlam and Seth Rollins is going to take that Money in the Bank contract back or the WWE title back via the Money in the Bank contract back to Monday Night Raw. While Reigns goes on to clash at the castle, defends the universal title, loses that to Drew McIntyre. And goodbye, Roman. I'll see you at WrestleMania when you're in the main event against Rock one-on-one. That's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. I don't understand this. I don't understand how people are excited about this, man. You know, they usually say the first one, episode one, first part of a movie is always great. A couple movies that just bounce off my head that I loved dearly, that I love dearly, that are close to my heart, man. Jaws is my favorite movie of all time. Jaws 2 was okay. Nowhere close to living up to the original. Jaws 3 was one of the worst movies I've ever fucking watched in the history of movies. Shit was fucking garbage, Jaws the Revenge, I kind of liked because, I don't know, even though the shark looked fucking cheesy as fuck, I just loved the setting. Nothing made sense about the movie. It was just a train wreck that I could not move my uh, my head away from the TV from. So, Jaws, right, is one of the greatest movies of all time. Jurassic Park 1, there hasn't been one fucking Jurassic Park movie that even came close to the first one. Alien. Now, this is the only time I would say Alien 2 was better than Aliens. Now, some may agree. I liked aliens better than Alien 1, so I guess that's a terrible fucking example. The Mummy with Brendan Fraser, right? How many fucking mummies did Brendan Fraser do? Nothing even came close to the first mummy. Terminator. Terminator 2 is another one, right? Terminator 2 was one of the greatest movies of all time, better than the first one. It doesn't happen often. How many times do we need to see the same thing happen over and over and over again? They're doing the same match, and it's progressively getting fucking worse. Lesnar and Reigns progressively get lazier the more we get this match. The first match that they had at WrestleMania 31 is an all-time WrestleMania classic. It was one of the best WrestleMania main events of all time. I don't expect WWE to think that these guys are going to go out there and replicate that. Come on, man. How are you excited about this? I know I'm not. Give me a fucking break. This shit is fucking garbage. And if you're excited about this, you are absolutely mind-numbingly the dumbest fucking idiot that may exist in the entire wrestling community. Seriously. Anyway, guys, we're gonna go over SmackDown. We're gonna go over Rampage. I appreciate you joining me tonight. On Off The Script, we got 3,100 people in the venue, man. Thank you guys very much for all your support. What a tremendous day, man. Between this and earlier... Go check that podcast out if you missed it, man. We got almost 7,000 people all day, live. That's tremendous. I thank you guys very, very much, man. You are absolutely taking the podcasts to the next level. And I got some cool shit coming up, man. We got the beer garden coming in less than a month. We got the outside and the inside of the beer garden, man. We'll be sitting pretty, man, drinking our fucking old fashions live all summer, man, from the beer garden. I may be so fucking happy, man, that sometimes in the time I'll go to the beer garden and fucking get away from the goddamn cold, man. It's gonna be great. I can't wait to show you guys. It is very much me and everything about me, man. I saw a early prototype of what they're working on. It is fucking fantastic. I'm legitimately blown away. Blown away. Anyway, hit that thumbs up, man. Hit that thumbs up. We got 854 likes right now. I need at least 1,200 minimum inside the OTS venue tonight for SmackDown and Rampage. Make sure you guys get those super chats in. Let me know what you think of tonight's embarrassing Vince McMahon promo. Embarrassing Vince McMahon appearance. And let me know what you think of Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam once again this time in a last man standing match. Hit that join button. Become a VIP. Right here on OTS, man. Sit VIP with me. Wait till you guys see the VIP lounge and the beer garden, man. Oh, my goodness, man. You're going to need a dress code for this one. Let me tell you. Hit that join button. You guys get those emotes and those custom badges next to your name. Great shit right there, man. I'm also going to try and get some new emotes done. If I can find somebody that will do what I want with the emotes. Just to add to... What we've already got in the chat. So go join the VIP club, man. Become a channel member right here on OTS. Also, again, go check out the podcast, man. Earlier, we went live at 1 p.m. this afternoon. Episode 434. So what that means is that there will not be a full-fledged podcast this weekend. I'll give you guys a bunch of extras, and I got news, man. I got news. So we'll have some extras this weekend, and then we'll start a brand new week on Monday. Make sure you guys go get your t-shirts, man. Bonfire.com is the exclusive home of Off The Scripts. You guys can get this design and everything else that's on the website there, man. Summer Scam, JD's Elite, JD is Negan. Everything is there, man. But the Don of the IWC now available on Bonfire.com. That is the exclusive home of Off The Scripts. So make sure you guys go and check that out. And hit up my sponsor for today's show, man. Today we're sponsored by Audible. AudibleTrial.com slash script. John Moxley's got his new autobiography that just hit Audible for free. You guys can get it. Nine hours of John Moxley now writing his autobiography. That is AudibleTrial.com slash script. Let's start at the top, man, with Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon started the show, strutted down to his music, playing up to the crowd. Large portion of the crowd was also singing along with his theme song, like I said. Got a huge pop after his introduction from the announcer, Samantha Irvin. McMahon took the microphone and said it was a privilege to be in Minnesota. Says he wants to remind everyone of the four words in the WWE signature in the intro. Then, now, forever, and most importantly, together, he then said, welcome to Friday Night SmackDown, and dropped the mic and walked off. Complete bait and switch. Everybody was genuinely curious what this man was going to say. I didn't expect him. I, I At first, I expected him to at least come out and say something. Say something about what's going on. Give us the fucking dirt on what's going on. Or at least come out there and say that Stephanie is the new CEO interim. He's stepping back. Something. It's all public knowledge anyway. He came out and said absolutely nothing. He did not apologize. He did not say that he was going to come out and do better and that he's going to set a better example for somebody in the back. All I wanted to do was hear him say, all I wanted was to hear him say something of along the lines of, I'm going to do better. I'm going to create a better environment backstage in the WWE. Things are going to be a little different around here. Whether or not you believe him, I don't really believe a fucking word out of his mouth. He's a fucking con man. He's a con artist. He's a mastermind and a genius, but he's also a con artist. Nothing along the lines of Stephanie being the CEO. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And people are showering this guy with cheers after all the news in the last 48 to 72 hours. Why are you showering this man with cheers? This man is public enemy number one. In the eyes of WWE right now, he's going to be off the fucking hit list when all is said and done. Jerry McDivitt's going to get him out of this shit. And then what? For all the hope and fucking dream and aspirations and all the hoopla, of you wanting a better WWE, you ain't getting a better WWE. You're going right back to what you fucking know, and that is garbage. This was a complete waste of everybody's time. A complete waste of everybody's time. What a joke. A complete joke is Vince McMahon. So, Michael Cole and the audience to the show. and We got Matt Riddle coming out, and they're hyping up the Matt Riddle-Roman Reigns match. They recapped the video between the Bloodline and RK-Bro. After the video, Riddle was in the ring with a microphone ready to cut a promo and talk to the crowd in Minneapolis. Crowd chanted, bro, bro, bro. He says he's waited a long time for this opportunity. He said his friends and family are watching at home. He said, more importantly, his best friend and our friend Randy is watching at home. He said Orton has an operation coming up and everyone wishes him the best of luck. So I guess this is Matt Riddle shooting out there and Randy Orton legitimately is hurt and we didn't know the extent of how injured he was, but Matt Riddle said that he has an operation coming up and the rumor going around was that Randy Orton was going to be out and Missing SummerSlam. Clearly that's the case because they announced Reigns and Lesnar and Lesnar is Randy Orton's replacement and Randy Orton's going to be out for the rest of the year. How long he's going to be out, I don't know. But it's going to take him out of action for the rest of 2022. So Riddle is talking about Randy, wishing him the best of luck. He said he knows that Randy is wondering if he'll be able to recover. Riddle said we all miss him. He said that he doesn't care what kind of shape Orton is in. He loves him anyway. Riddle said that for 20 years. Orton has been killing legends. Won a bazillion titles. Had RKO videos go viral and even set The Undertaker on fire. He said Orton sacrificed everything to entertain us. He said he speaks for everyone when he says, thank you, Randy. Then the fans started chanting, thank you, Randy. Riddle said that tonight he challenges Reigns for the undisputed title. He says he's dedicating the match to his best friend, Randy Orton. Riddle says he's going to get ready for his match and strut like a viper and play something we haven't heard in a long time, and then they play Randy Orton's music. And then he mouthed the words as he was blowing kiss kisses to the fans in attendance was Matt Riddle. Little too much on the Orton stuff. Little too much on the Orton stuff and not enough of why the WWE Undisputed Championship was important to Matt Riddle. Too much Randy Orton love. Too much pandering to Randy Orton. Randy Orton is not there. Why are you pandering to somebody that is not on television, that is not going to be on television, while you have the biggest match of your entire wrestling career? I don't understand it. I don't know who wrote this promo. I don't know why the direction of this promo went in the direction that it went. Why is he not making a bigger deal about being in there with Reigns? Why Reigns hasn't been on television? Why Reigns has been ducking him? Why Reigns hasn't been on Monday Night Raw? Why Reigns is carrying around two belts and doesn't really carry himself as a fighting champion? I don't get it. Why the title isn't important to, or why the title is important to him? I don't get it. Too much on the Randy Orton shit and not enough on what's important and what brought Riddle to this situation with Roman Reigns. But I'll tell you what, all the Randy Orton pandering got me thinking for one thing and one thing only, when Randy Orton gets back to television, man, that heel turn is going to be swift and it's going to be, not shocking to me, it may be shocking to the fucking geeks out there who fucking sit through this shit without watching what they really are watching on television. It is going to be a great heel turn when Randy Orton gets back to television because that is the only direction that I want to see when Randy Orton gets back to television. When he's back, RKO to Matt Riddle. Why? Because sitting at home watching him wrestle to spark change, and that's what we need. That will take Matt Riddle to the next level. A match with Randy Orton at WrestleMania in Hollywood, that's going to take Matt Riddle to the next level. What he did with Roman Reigns tonight didn't take him to that next level that I thought it would. So we go from that It's Groundhog Day all over again, man. Medcap Moss versus Happy Corbin in a last laugh match. Now, WWE really is getting the last laugh on us because this is nothing more than a fucking glorified rerun every single fucking week. They're the ones getting the last laugh because they don't give a shit about what we're thinking or what we're feeling in any sense. This match happened. I don't know why. I thought the match at Hell in a Cell was the blow-off, yet we got another match because they don't have anything else for these guys to do. So, it was an okay match. I mean, it wasn't fucking terrible. Moss is very serviceable in the ring. Corbin is not terrible. He is terrible when he wants to be, but he wasn't terrible here. It's ragged on. Corbin's in control. Corbin's got one of the worst acts and one of the worst gimmicks in all of pro wrestling. Medcap is great. I'm a Medcap guy. I want to see him fucking get over big, man. Crowd seemed to be into him. He was a Minneapolis, home favorite tonight. So there was no rules to this match. I thought it was a no DQ match or or something along the lines of last left match with a stipulation. This was a regular match. This was a regular match. Instead of keeping the blow off match at Hell in a Cell, they'd just go and do it again and have no stipulation attached to it. Corbin was in control. Moss caught him with a boot to the face. Moss hit a second rope shoulder block. Corbin regained control and slowed the pace down with a chin lock. Fans broke into a Corbin sucks chant. Moss fired and hit a shoulder tackle in the corner. He allowed, or he followed rather, up with a fallaway slam. Corbin took over after sending Moss shoulder first into the ring post. They briefly brawled at ringside. Corbin took it to Moss with a clothesline, knocked him over the barricade, over the timekeeper's barricade, and they were fighting on the outside. So Corbin and Moss fought on the ring apron. Uh, after this, Corbin caught Moss with a deep six. Always a pretty-looking move is the deep six. Corbin's got some good offense. He just sucks. Deep six for a near fall. Corbin caught Moss with a choke slam for a near fall. Then they were on the outside. They brawled around ringside again. Moss sent Corbin into the announce desk. They tease. a count out. Eight, nine. Corbin gets back in the ring at a nine and a half. Corbin jumped back in. Moss hit the punchline. He, he, he laid there. He was looking at Corbin. He was laughing. And then he went for another punchline. He hits his finishing move two times, and he gets the win. After the match is over, Madcap gets on the microphone and starts laughing at Baron Corbin. I mean, I sense your you, you, you guys' enthusiasm in the, in the, in the chat. I, you guys are fucking thrilled, man. I see you guys going crazy because you couldn't wait for me to talk about this match, right? Unbelievable match, man. This is going to go down as one of the best matches all year in WWE history. Said not one single fucking soul at all. We got the Street Profits backstage. Street Profits backstage shilling that they will get a title match against the Usos at Money in the Bank. Great. A match that I don't expect the Usos to lose, because why would they? Why would they? If Roman Reigns is still going to be carrying both belts, so will the Usos. Usos are not losing to the Street Profits at Money in the Bank. So we go back to ringside, and Corbin is still out there. Why Corbin is still out there? I have no fucking clue, man. He lost the match. He's still fucking hanging around. This time he's berating Pat McAfee on the commentary table. So he gets on the microphone, and he approached Colin McAfee at ringside. Corbin said that he and McAfee have known each other for a very long time. He said McAfee makes jokes about him all the time. He said when he was at rock bottom, McAfee called him broke-ass Corbin. Corbin then said that even since he's hit it big, McAfee still cracks jokes on him. He said McAfee needs to stop. Corbin said if he doesn't, he will throw his skinny ass in the ring and make him wish he were dead. McAfee asked Cole if he minded, and Cole said no. So he gets up from the commentary table, he grabs a microphone, McAfee then speaks to the Minneapolis crowd. He sang Bum Ass Corbin, and the crowd sang along with him. Bum Ass Corbin, and they chanted along. McAfee then led a crowd in spelling Minnesota, which they loved. McAfee said, with the help of Minnesota, they can give Baron Corbin what he deserves. McAfee fake laughed and said, You suck. The crowd laughed along. Corbin walked up the ramp and the New Day walked by him as they were making their way to the ring for their tag team match against Jinder Mahal and the skyscraper Shanky. So, this is another thing that the fucking WWE drones, man. E, the WWE for life, man. E all the way, you know. These are the geeks that are out there fucking uh Raising their fist in support of WWE, man. All the fucking virgins and fucking incels online. These people are entertained at the thought of Pat McAfee and Baron Corbin at SummerSlam. Because that's exactly where this is leading. And WWE is taking the same fucking route that they did for WrestleMania. This is a mere image of how WWE is booking WrestleMania. They're going about booking SummerSlam the same way that they booked WrestleMania. John Cena is going to be back against Austin Theory and Roman Reigns is wrestling Brock Lesnar and Bianca Belair is going to be wrestling Becky Lynch and Pat McAfee's going to have a fucking match, right? We'll probably get the Usos versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn at SummerSlam for the tag team titles. It's the only thing I'd probably be remotely interested in. WWE. And the fucking geeks out there that are excited about this, they don't realize the fucking damage this causes. How pathetic this looks. And what a bad look for WWE this all is. WWE has absolutely nothing for Baron Corbin to do. That's not even the fucking problem. They got nothing for Baron Corbin to do. And they got nobody on the roster for Baron Corbin to feud with. That they have to go and resort creative... Onto Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee is a fucking commentator. His job is to get paid to color commentate alongside Michael Cole. His job is not to get in the ring and be an active pro wrestler. This would make Pat McAfee's second match on SmackDown in 2022. He has just as many matches as Xia Lee does in all of 2022. And she's a full-time fucking employee. Does nobody find that to be a little fucking fucked up? Do we really need Pat McAfee to wrestle at SummerSlam? Because once again, WWE thinks they're the big fucking dog in the yard and they can sell out a big stadium. Meanwhile, they don't even have SummerSlam remotely even close to being sold out. Now they have to go and do the same thing that they did with WrestleMania for SummerSlam. Pat McAfee wrestling Darren Corbin only exposes WWE's lack of creative and lack of fucking roster. I think this is a shit idea. This is a terrible idea. And I'm not taking anything away from Pat McAfee, and I'm not taking anything away from the people that actually enjoy Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee and Baron Corbin, listen, he had a great showing against Austin Theory at WrestleMania. That's not the point I'm trying to make. That's not the point that I want you guys to zero in on. Okay. the point I'm trying to make is, is the fucking roster is so goddamn fucking weak and WWE has refused to build up any new stars to fucking put in there with Baron Corbin that they have to go so desperately to the commentary table because Pat McAfee is more over than anybody on their active roster. And they would rather trust Pat McAfee than call up somebody from NXT to get their feet wet at SummerSlam against bum ass Corbin. This is a problem. This is a big problem. And if you don't recognize the fucking problem, then you are the fucking problem. This shit sucks. WrestleMania itself was, luckily, night one anyway. Night two sucked. Night one was a very good show. Pat McAfee actually saved night two. But that doesn't mean I want to see Pat McAfee in the fucking ring again against Baron Corbin. Nobody wants to see him get in the ring again when WWE should be in the business of building new stars. What about Braun Breaker? Why not call Braun Breaker up from the main roster? Braun Breaker played football. So did Baron Corbin. Why do we have to go and reach out to the commentary table and get Pat McAfee in there because Pat McAfee's got more social media presence and more fucking audience than anybody on the WWE roster? It's sad, it's desperate, and it's fucking pathetic. This is what they get for not building new stars. This is what they get for not really zeroing in on building new stars and calling new stars up from NXT when they got two fucking stars legitimate enough to challenge Roman Reigns, and that's about it. And when they go down with injury, they got to fucking go and call up Lesnar. Hey, man, can you come back? We'll up your pay by 100,000. Give me a fucking break. Shit sucks. What a complete fucking joke, man. If anybody looks at this and is remotely interested, I don't know who the fuck is buying tickets for SummerSlam, man. I genuinely feel bad for anybody that bought tickets for SummerSlam. I do. You're getting a fucking WrestleMania repeat. That's all you're getting. That's what you want? Deja vu. Groundhog's Day all over again. Sad. Sad. The level of creativity in this company is fucking alarming. It really is. And I mean that in the worst possible way. It is downright fucking atrocious. It is the worst I have ever seen it. And I've been watching this shit since I was four fucking years old, man. I'm 40 years old. Since four years old, I've been a WWE fucking avid watcher for 36 fucking years. I do it full-time as my job on YouTube to bring you guys what I do. This is the worst I have ever fucking seen it in 36 fucking years. Awful. Once again, goes to show you who's really in charge, man. Vince McMahon is still in charge. Still in charge. New Day. We got New Day. Against Jinder Mahal and Shanky. This shit sucks. New Day was in there. Kofi Kingston was in there. Mahal told Shanky to stop dancing on the apron because he's doing his fucking shit, right? He's dancing along out there. Mahal had a a brief little back and forth with Xavier Woods at a springboard dropkick. New Day then took it to Mahal, isolated Mahal in their corner. He broke free. Mahal tagged in Shanky. Shanky took it to Kingston with a big chop and a big clothesline. Shanky backed Kingston into the corner and threw him across the ring. Suddenly, Xavier Woods starts playing the trombone in the middle of the match on the apron, and Shanky starts dancing to Xavier Woods' trombone playing. He's dancing in the ring. Awful. Absolutely awful. Music distracted Shanky. Jindy Mahal is furious. So he tagged into the ring. He was so distracted by the fucking ridiculousness of Shanky that Kingston rolled him up after a trouble in paradise for the one, two, three. Yet I get criticized and told that AEW and their storytelling is fucking trash. I never want to hear from anybody ever again, man. Anybody that comes to me with AEW sucks and they're not doing this right and they're not doing that right and the creative sucks and the fucking storytelling is garbage. I'm going to point you to this situation and then I'm going to promptly block you because you're a complete fucking imbecile. Awful. I know I'm watching a children's program, but this shit is fucking garbage. I don't get, I don't believe grown men get paid to fucking do this. I really don't. I don't believe people in Minneapolis paid money to see this fucking terrible garbage live there in the audience. Drew McIntyre, Sheamus, they both got added to Money in the Bank. Exactly what everybody thought was going to happen anyway. Drew McIntyre is out there with Sheamus, sword in hand. Adam Pierce decides who's going to Money in the Bank. After a controversial finish between McIntyre and Sheamus. So we saw some highlights of their match. Pierce was in the ring with McIntyre. And Sheamus is shown in the back with Butch and Rich Holland. He comes out. Sheamus told them to stay in the back. So Sheamus walks through the curtain, makes his way to the ring. Adam Pierce is saying, he said that both McIntyre and Sheamus failed to qualify for the money in the bank. But they both dismantled, I guess, demanded a inclusion in the Money in the Bank ladder match after destroying each other. So Pierce then mentioned that what's in the briefcase is the contract for a title match whenever you guys want over the next 12 months. And that the winner has an 85% success rate of cashing in. McIntyre says if he doesn't get in, there's 100% chance he's going to whip someone's ass tonight. Sheamus then said he's won money in the bank and cashed in successfully, whereas McIntyre has been cashed in on. Pierce then said that Seth Rollins qualified on Raw. Then he threw a video recap of McIntyre and Sheamus from last week. Pierce says he reviewed the footage and consulted with WWE management. He said they've made a decision. Pierce said Sheamus is in and it's official. Sheamus celebrated. He was making fun of McIntyre. Sheamus says he's going to money in the bank and McIntyre is going to be sitting on his ass. McIntyre attacked Sheamus and knocked him out to the floor at ringside. Pierce tried to separate them. Pierce then said to McIntyre, why, 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 why? If you just waited just a little bit, I was going to tell you that you were also in the Money in the Bank ladder match. Drew McIntyre hit Sheamus with a claymore, and that was it. Very, very, very predictable. I thought we'd get another match, and maybe we'd get another count out, and then maybe on the third one, Adam Pearce is so fucking impressed by both of these guys beating the shit out of each other and how important the Money in the Bank briefcase is to both of them that he puts both of them in the match. It only took one match for that to happen, and WWE, as always, lacks creativity. That's it. So McIntyre joins, or McIntyre and Sheamus, I should say, joins Seth Rollins in the Men's Money in the Bank ladder match. We got a backstage promo with uh, Natalia. I almost fell asleep, and Natalia was looking over this way. Meanwhile, she should have been looking into the camera, and she just looked over this way the entire time, talking to whoever she was looking at in the distance, was not looking in the fucking camera, was not directing her anger towards Ronda Rousey. She was directing her anger to the fucking cameraman who who clearly was filming to the side. Natalia. Ridiculous! Look into the eyes of the people watching at home. If you want me to believe what you're saying, look into the fucking camera, Natalia. Natalia, into the camera. Talked about Ronda Rousey. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry, man. It's like a fucking disease, man. Every time I ma- every time I mention Ronda De- Ronda Rousey, I-, I usually fall asleep. So uh, you, got, you got to be aware, man. You got to be Make sure you have a pillow on hand and a blanket on hand at all times, man. You fucking mention Ronda. You may be, uh, you may be falling asleep. <laughs> you may be falling asleep, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Natalia's talking about Ronda Drowsy and her win over Shotzi last week and the attack by Natalia. Megan Moron welcomed Natalia to the back and said we all saw Rousey in pain last week. She said that, Ronda Rousey was in pain and the Sharpshooter is the most devastating submission in WWE history. Natalya said Rousey isn't there tonight. Thank God. I'm sure Minneapolis was fucking completely thrilled that Ronda Rousey was not able to put them to sleep. Otherwise, they wouldn't have been as loud as they were tonight. She's not there tonight. She said Rousey has some success with the armbar, but the Sharpshooter is legendary. Natalia said that Ronda Rousey brags that she never quits, but she will be the first to make Ronda Rousey tap out. Natalia said she will be a two-time SmackDown women's champion. How likely is it that we get Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte Flair at SummerSlam? It's going to really be WrestleMania all over again, man. And then I'm going to sit here with my fucking sunglasses on, and I'm going to legitimately make myself a fucking homemade old-fashioned and I'm gonna fucking sit here with my glasses on and tell you, how do you guys love celebrating Groundhogs Day, man? Everybody drinks on me, man, in the venue. We're gonna celebrate fucking Groundhogs Day all over again. Fucking ridiculous. What is WWE gonna do with Ronda Rousey at SummerSlam? Raquel Rodriguez? <laughs> Raquel! Hi, Smiley Raquel. Rodriguez Gonzalez, right? Yeah, that's gonna be the match at SummerSlam. What, for it to lose again? Shit sucks. Shit, his fist show is fucking garbage. Anyway, after that, Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn was backstage. He was about to knock on Roman Reigns' locker room. Kayla Braxton approached. Sami Zayn stopped. She said it was Sami Zayn's fault that Riddle has a title shot tonight. She asked if Zayn has spoken to anyone on the bloodline. Zayn said no, not yet. Kayla asked if there were any problems. Zayn said that he's an honorary oos. And he's the only one. He said that everything is all good and fine. Zayn then told Kayla, I have to go to the bathroom. That's usually what I do when Natalia is on TV. Because if not, I probably would be face down in my pillow on my couch. And I might have missed the rest of the review or the show and not have been on time for the review. Lacey Evans is on commentary. Oh, great. Oh, Greg, can't wait to hear Lacey Evans fucking talk about her fucking daughters and her fucking alcoholic dad and how she's fighting for freedom and all this other fucking bullshit that clearly nobody gives a flying fuck about. Raquel Rodriguez. <laughs> Raquel Rodriguez. You know, she's looking around all smiley, right? She's got a little picture in picture fucking vignette happening here. They showed a pre taped interview where. She said she almost said, yo, I almost beat Ronda Rousey in my second match. And I'm going to win Money in the Bank, and Money in the Bank is going to take me to the promised land in WWE. <laughs> Raquel Rodriguez Gonzalez. She's got a match with Shannon Baszler tonight. Shannon Baszler also had a little uh, picture-in-picture vignette promo as well. I love Shayna Baszler, man. I really do. What, what happened to Shayna? What happened to Shayna? Why is she so lost in the shuffle, man? Why? Because she's not fucking. <laughs> Smiley Raquel? Well, she's not Ronda Drowsy. Shayna Baszler needs to be higher up on the food chain in WWE, man. She can wrestle. She's got a great promo. She's legit, right? Maybe we get Ronda Rousey versus Shayna Baszler at SummerSlam. And maybe Charlotte Flair is fucking uh, on the manufacturing fucking belt. Fucking somewhere else, man. I don't know. That's what I would do. That's what I would do. Ronda Rousey versus Shayna Baszler at SummerSlam. Book it. I think that'd be great. I think that'd be interesting, man. Ronda needs some fucking interest and something to bring her to be interesting on Friday night. So the smash went three minutes. Wow. Wow, man, those Money in the Bank qualified matches are really fucking poor, right? Three minutes, man. Three minutes. You guys think fucking things are going to be changing in WWE, man, with with Stephanie McMahon, the CEO, right? We're still getting three-minute matches on SmackDown. Oh, joy, man. All right. Smiley Raquel beats Shayna Baszler with the fucking Koa, the uh, Tahana bomb. Now I got to call it. Hazel went for a coquina clutch. Rodriguez backed her into the corner. (laughs) Smiling. Then she hits the Tejana bomb and (laughs) smiles that she goes to Money in the Bank. Smile, Tejana bomb, smile, Money in the Bank, smile. I'll see you in Vegas. That's pretty much all that happened here. Max Dupree. Max (laughs) Dupree. He was introduced in the arena. He was shown in the back with Adam Pearce. Instead, they had this spotlight in the ring. Nobody was there, right? Max Dupree's in the back. He was then shown with Adam Pearce. He says he won't send his men to the ring in this condition. Dupree complained about the lighting. This is not maximum male model lighting. This is not the lighting that I require for my maximum male models. He says that Pierce won't see their hard bodies until he fixes this. Dupree said Pierce is depriving the audience of titillation. Titillation. And these men, where are they? I don't know. Who are they? I don't know. Does WWE even have a fucking clue as to who's going to be in the maximum male models? The fact that we are now prolonging this for a second week in a row after we were guaranteed somebody told that somebody was going to be in the maximum male models. This is now two weeks in a row where they held back on debuting. Whoever the fuck is going to be in this group. I'll tell you what folks, WWE themselves doesn't even have a fucking clue who's going to be in the maximum male models. The longer they wait, the longer I don't give a shit. Nobody cares. They had one opportunity to get this guy over and this shit is fucking failing as the weeks go on. Do they think holding back on this is going to draw it out and draw more interest? I don't think so. I think it's going to fucking tick people off and I think people are going to lose fucking interest. And if it's not somebody of note when you eventually debut this fucking person, whoever it is, this is going to bomb and then they'll end up blaming it on fucking Eli Drake, LA Knight, and then he'll be on the fucking budget cut list by Nikon. If this shit is Mace or Mansour or anybody like that, and we gotta wait an extra two, three, four weeks for this shit, and it's not somebody like a Cesaro or fucking Chris Masters or, or uh, Tyler Breeze. Somebody. Somebody. Fucking uh, Carlito. Somebody. Somebody. Who the fuck is the maximum male models? Who are they? Nobody's gonna give a shit. The longer you wait, the people are gonna lose interest very, very, very quickly. It better be a big fucking name. You're not gonna have mace. Fucking be debuting after all this time. Oh, my God, it's Mace. You want something to fucking fail? There you go. Try it. Gunther. Gunther. The new Intercontinental Champion. Kayla interviewed Gunther with uh, Ludwig Kaiser Ludwig Kaiser cut her off, took the microphone, shoot her away. I'd rather look at Kayla than Ludwig Kaiser, but... He didn't want no part of it. He said that the Intercontinental Championship belongs with Gunther. He ran down the history of the title and said it's been held by great international superstars. He said Ricochet was a poor champion and the embodiment of America and a lot of flash with little substance. That's a legit shoot, folks. That's exactly what WWE management thinks of Ricochet. He said the title won't be held by another American ever again. He said Gunther is going to restore prestige to the title Gunther then said he is the Intercontinental Championship. Or he is the Intercontinental Champion. I thought, I thought Marcel Bartel cut a very good promo here, man. I thought he carried himself well. I thought he sounded great. And the reason why they're having him do the talking, which I don't really like, because I would like for Gunther to kind of accentuate how he's feeling, and he just stands there looking like the monster. I guess that's their vision of Gunther. I don't think WWE really trusts Gunther with a promo or a microphone. So that's why they got Bartell out there. They're having him do all of the talking, getting all of the points across, are coming out of Marcel Bartell's mouth and not Walter. Which I find a little bit bizarre because Walter did most of the talking in Imperium and now we're not getting him saying much of anything. But that's what WWE thinks of Walter. He's a weak promo, but he's got a great look. (laughs) Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle. Main event with Roman Reigns. This match was good. Wasn't some blow-away fucking match. Not going to be a match of the year candidate. But it was a very good match. TV match. We had three commercial breaks. One right before the match. One four minutes into the match. And then legitimately another four minutes after. We got three fucking commercial breaks in this match. It is very difficult to get invested when there are three commercial breaks in one television main event match, especially for a world championship, man. I honestly wish Fox would go about doing most of this commercial free and taking most of the commercial or commercials in the, in the middle of the show where I don't really give a shit what's going on. And more commercial breaks in Corbin and Matt Catmoss. And more commercial breaks in a fucking Shanky versus uh, fucking Xavier Woods match. I don't give a shit. Seriously. This is not the type of fucking match I want to see on TV riddled with three or four commercial breaks. It's lame. It's lame. We have more commercial breaks in this match than we got during a fucking Iron Man match or one hour Broadway with uh, Hangman Page and Brian Danielson. It's ridiculous. So the stipulations are, if Riddle lost, he could never challenge Roman Reigns again for the title. People are asking me, well, JD, why don't we get Matt Riddle versus Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns? At the main event of SummerSlam. Not gonna happen, geeks. Well, if you pay attention to the fucking show that you so desperately love every fucking week, you realize that Matt Riddle can't get a goddamn title match anymore. He lost clean. Goodbye. Back to Monday Night Raw, you go. Riddle Riddle got a big reaction. He was incredibly over. Riddle is incredibly over. I don't understand why WWE has waited this long on Matt Riddle. I really don't. I genuinely hope that they see something big in Matt Riddle. If Matt Riddle is not a WWE champion by 2023, somewhere in 2023, they have fucked up tremendously. They fucked up tremendously. I don't know what the fuck they're waiting for. I know everybody's got to wait their time, and I hope, I genuinely hope he gets his time. And he is so over as a babyface. And the team with RK, bro, teaming with uh, uh, Randy Orton and Matt Riddle, so great. So great. One of the best WWE decisions that. They've been in the last decade. And I honestly feel that when Riddle gets turned on by Randy Orton at WrestleMania or for WrestleMania, that it's going to take Matt Riddle to the next level. So Riddle attack. Reigns right at the bell with some kicks in the corner. Reigns fired back. Big right hand. Riddle was on the receiving end here. He recovered. He had a fisherman suplex. Nicely done. Followed up with a floating bro out to the floor. Reigns rocked Riddle with a right hand. He looked into the camera. He started talking shit on Randy Orton at home saying that this is his yard, and he's got no chance when it comes back. Ranch choke Riddle on the bottom rope, hit a drive-by. He slowed the pace down. He does the very uh, fundamentally sound chin lock, Roman Reigns. That's what everybody does to slow a match down in WWE. They usually go right for the chin lock. If you guys have uh, ever noticed that, that's what happens, man. When you see a match slow down in WWE, it's always with the chin lock. Riddle broke free. They traded some shots back and forth. Riddle fired up, hit a running forearm in the corner, hit a suplex, went for the Broton. Reigns got his knees up. Riddle then hit a floating bro for a very close near fall for himself. Reigns hit a rock bottom. He took the match in his favor. He then gave Riddle a back suplex on the announce table like Randy Orton, kind of shoving it in Randy Orton's face. Uh, He mocked Orton's back injury again. Reigns posed over Riddle's body at one point. Riddle blocked a Superman punch with a jumping knee. He followed up with a power slam set up for the draping DDT. Reigns broke free. Riddle then gave Reigns a back suplex on the announce table of his own. Fans broke into a Randy Orton chant. Back in the ring, Riddle hit a draping DDT, set up for the RKO. Reigns avoided it, hit a Superman punch. Goes for cover, gets a two count. Fans thought that was the finish. Popped for Matt Riddle kicking out. Reigns went for a spear. Riddle hit an RKO out of the spear. Out of nowhere for a very close near fall, Michael Cole sold it tremendously. Roman Reigns kicks out. Don't really like the RKO being kicked out, but this is WWE. The RKO is usually the one move where nobody kicks out of it. Matt Riddle's using it against Roman Reigns. I understand it's Roman Reigns, but if Roman Reigns is going to kick out of the RKO and nobody else is kicked out, out of it, I don't really like it. It's somebody else's finishing move, and you're making that person's finishing move look a little bit weak. I don't know. It doesn't really make Matt Riddle look all that well. It just means to me that he's done it shitty, or he did it shitty in this moment, and not good enough, as Randy Orton usually does it, to beat Roman Reigns with it. If Randy Orton did it, he probably would have beat Roman Reigns with it. Who knows? Riddle hit a floating bro, went for the RKO again. Reigns pushed him off. Riddle avoided Reigns, leapt off the second rope. He hit a spear out of nowhere in midair on Matt Riddle, and that was it. That was a very, very anticlimactic victory. Came legitimately out of nowhere, very abruptly, and the Usos ran out to celebrate with Roman Reigns. At the the end of the match, uh, Reigns took the microphone, did his usual shtick, holds the titles up, acknowledge me, Minnesota, blah, blah, blah. He yelled that there was nobody left. Noted two years ago, he promised that he'd wreck everyone and leave. That's exactly what he did. He wrecked Riddle, and now they're leaving. He added that there's just one more thing. Acknowledge me. Fans erupted as Brock Lesnar's music hit. How you get excited about this, I don't know. Commentary selling this as if it's the first time this ever happened. This is like fucking eight times before it happened. Nobody cares. Reigns faced off with uh, Lesnar. He cracked a smile, offered a handshake. Reigns hesitated. He shook his hand. Of course, Lesnar grabbed Reigns, hit the F5. The Usos jumped in but gave Lesnar... Uh some problem there and he overcame them and gave them an F5, and that's the way SmackDown went off the air. I ranted about it in the in the open. I I don't want to really rant about it again. This shit sucks. I'm not excited about this whatsoever. If you're excited about this man, more power to you. I'm not saying you can't get excited about it, but I have every fucking right to tell you that it's fucking god-awful. One of the worst matches in WrestleMania history. I do not care to see it again. This time in a last man standing match, no matter what the stipulation is, no matter what the match is, I don't care. For the love of God, I hope Seth Rollins cashes in the Money in the Bank briefcase on one of these guys, on Roman Reigns particularly, and takes the WWE title back to Monday Night Raw. Seth Rollins should be in a furious state that Roman Reigns is holding his championship, and he should go after that championship. The fact that Monday Night Raw doesn't have a championship, he should be very pissed off about that. Roman Reigns hasn't come over to Monday Night Raw. I want the WWE title back on Monday Night Raw. It's very easy to work yourself into a fucking script and script Roman Reigns losing the WWE championship and giving it to Seth Rollins and having Seth Rollins take it back over to Monday Night Raw. It is scripted. It is a scripted program. Don't tell me that they don't have to do that. They can't do that. They could do whatever the fuck they want. It's a scripted program. That would leave McIntyre to beat Reigns and Reigns can go part-time whenever the fuck he wants. He wants to go part-time, goodbye. We only want full-time performers on our roster. You want to go away, goodbye. There's nobody left for you, goodbye. You want to wait for The Rock at WrestleMania, goodbye. Next week, Gunther and Ricochet in a rematch for the Intercontinental title. I said it, I'd love to see it again. We're getting our wish. Is it going to be any different than what we saw last week? No, Ricochet is going to get buried. Goodbye. Shinsuke Nakamura takes on Sami Zayn. First shot in the ladder match, I see Shinsuke Nakamura beating Sami Zayn there, and I feel like Sami Zayn is going to get kicked out of the honorary role for being an oos. And Shotzi goes one-on-one with Aaliyah to get into the Money in the Bank qualifying, or uh, in a Money in the Bank qualifying match, to get into the Money in the Bank ladder match. Uh, whoever loses this match may be the first one to get budget cut by Nick Khan. And he'll be... Uh, He'll be the one to make that decision, and Johnny Laurinaitis will be replaced. Somebody else will be making those phone calls when the next round of budget cuts happens because John Laurinaitis is about to get future-endeavored himself. We're going to go over Rampage briefly. I'm not going to sit here too uh, too much longer and go over Rampage. It was a very good show. Uh, I enjoyed Rampage a lot, but I didn't really uh, find anything overly exciting about it. But we'll go over it. Mostly, everything that came out of SmackDown tonight was the bigger story compared to everything else, and I wanted to really focus on all that with all the uh, McMahon hoopla and the Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar shit, and everything that's coming out about WWE and Sasha Banks. There's just a lot going on, man. There's just a lot going on right now in WWE, and we'll worry about uh, AEW next week. We get a major main event match for Dynamite announced. On Rampage tonight. Should be great. 2,700 in the venue, man. I appreciate you guys very, very, very much for joining me on Off the Script tonight. Number one by a country mile tonight, man. Number one by a country mile. I appreciate you guys hanging out with me as always here on OTS. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Hit that thumbs up. We need a hundred more likes for twelve hundred minimum. Get those VIP applications in, man. Become a VIP right here on OTS, and make sure you guys hit up my sponsor for today's show, Audible. Audibletrial.com/script. John Moxley has a new audio book out on audible mox if you guys got the hardcover great now you get to listen to moxley narrate the entire audio book nine hours in his own words and there are a couple of uh, there are a couple of kevin Dunn pieces in there man who doesn't like a good beaver lashing by john moxley audibletrialcom script you guys can get that for free you sign up and you get 30 days of their service and one free audio book you guys can get the, the book on me or absolutely nothing man so make sure you guys go and sign up that's audibletrial.com/scripts rampage we open up with John Moxley and Dante Martin first time ever between John Moxley and Dante Martin went about 11 minutes or so Jericho was on commentary, trashing the Blackpool Combat Club and anybody from the Combat Club. Regal was annoyed on commentary, who was also on commentary. He was annoyed that Jericho, at one point, wasn't bald, and he didn't lose his hair. So, Moxley and Martin had a very good match here. Not anything you haven't seen from Moxley or Dante Martin. It was just a very good match. Very entertaining, man. So, Moxley had Martin in a Texas Cloverleaf. Moxley turned that into a variation of a Regal stretch because Regal was on commentary. They then went to Moxley burying knees into Martin's head for a near fall. Martin caught Moxley with a flipping forward her and Carano off the ropes. Moxley, Moxley used the butterfly suplex on Martin for a near fall of his own. Martin ducked a sliding lariat, caught Moxley with a gamin gary that sent Moxley to the floor Came off the top rope with a beautiful springboard plancha to the floor. They get back in the ring. Martin hit a top rope crossbody for a near fall. Martin went for a nosedive, but Moxley avoided it and caught Martin with a chokehold. Martin escaped by climbing the ropes. Moxley followed up. Followed Martin up to the ropes and caught Martin with an avalanche sliced bread. Or um, Actually, Martin caught Moxley with an avalanche sliced bread for a near fall. Martin and Moxley exchanged some strikes in the middle of the ring. Some kicks as well until Moxley hit a cutter out of nowhere. And Martin got a near fall off a sunset flip out of nowhere on Moxley. But Moxley came back with a lariat. So Moxley started beating him down with the hammer and anvil elbows. Then lock on the stretch with a hammer lock on the mat. And Martin had no choice but to tap out At the end of the match, John Moxley, he bowed to Dante Martin. Man, It's a, it's a crazy thing, man. Dante Martin's in these matches. And everybody that he wrestles always seems to put him over after the match is over. It's a, it's a beautiful thing to see. It really is. Dante Martin, you, you know, my problem with Dante Martin is not what he does. He's so young. He's, he's a fucking baby. He's a baby. He's going to get to where they want him to be, but everybody is so incredibly high on him. Tony Khan is so high on him. The, the roster, everybody that's in the ring is high on him. The thing with Dante Martin is we, we really don't have that character development with him. Who is he? What is he going to be, right? The charisma is not there yet. I need him. You know when you're really going to know Dante Martin's uh, on the next level, man, when he finally breaks out of this fucking baby shell that he's in? What is his character? What is his character? Right now, he's got, the, he's got all the potential in the world, right? He even said, it. everybody looks at me as, uh, as potential, potential, potential. I got to show everybody that I'm here now. He's got the makings of the next ricochet. He really does. If they really want to get behind him, he's got the next makings of the ricochet. Don't fall into the same pits That Ricochet has right now, where he also is probably suffering from the same thing. Lack of charisma, no real character right now. He just goes in there, looks pretty, has great matches, and that's it. There's something else that needs to be done for Dante Martin to take him to that next level. What that something is, I don't know. Hopefully he finds it. Tony Schiavone interviewed Swerve, Strickland, and Keith Lee. Strickland argued that the Battle Royal was a singles competition and Lee would have put Strickland out when given the chance anyway. Lee said no, but still wants to be a tag team. Lee goes to leave, and they're interrupted by Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks, and pretty much they interrupted their promo, saying that you guys think you're some great tag team, but you have never beat me and Powerhouse in a tag team match. So it looks like we may be getting a tag team match at some point with these four guys somewhere soon. We got the House of Black and the Death Triangle. They have a match coming up on Wednesday. It will be Penta and Malachi Black in the All Atlantic quarterfinals here or a qualifying match for the Fatal Four Way. I'm going with Malachi. I think Malachi should win this match, go to Forbidden Door, and I think Malachi should win the All Atlantic Championship. That's my take there. Been saying it for weeks, but I feel like it's going to end up going to Miro. Max Caster and the Gun Club with Anthony Bowens and. Uh, Billy Gunn on the outside. They defeated Leon Ruff, who I believe is making his first AEW appearance on either a Rampage or a Dynamite, and Bear Country. Max Caster said something in his rap about somebody making him sign an NDA. It was probably one of his better raps in a little bit. And Ruff, you guys remember from NXT, he was pretty much squashed in this thing. Quick, quick uh, match here, about a minute. And, uh... Austin Gunn with a top rope elbow from Max Caster assisted with uh, some offense from Austin Gunn, and that was pretty much it. One, two, three, and Max Caster gets the victory for the Ass boys and the Acclaimed. Lexi Nair interviewed Hook. Hook will face a new Japan top prospect on Rampage next Friday. Does anything excite Hook? Dan Housen interrupted, but Hook tells him, listen, I got this. I got this. Hook speaks once again. Jade Cargill with Kiara Hogan and Stokely Hathaway defeated Willow Nightingale for the TBS Championship. This was an open challenge. Kind of uh, out of nowhere, made on dynamite. Willow Nightingale threw her name into the hat here against Jade Cargill. Uh, Nightingale went for the pounce, but Cargill avoided the move and hit Nightingale with the pump kick. This usually goes right to the finish, but Nightingale went to the floor. Nightingale hit Cargill with a cannonball in the corner, which looked great. Cargill came back, hit a pedigree, and then hit Jaded for the one two, three, and that was pretty much it. Our match went less than five minutes. Most of it was done during the commercial break, and we got half of that. And Jade retains the title after the match. Hogan laid some boots on Nightingale. Athena came out of nowhere from behind and hit Hogan with the Eclipse that she's now calling the O-Face. But then Athena ate a pump kick from Cargill, and it made her look like a complete clown. So, Athena got uh, roughed up by Jake Cargill. Chris Thatlander ran out, caught Hathaway with a punch to the back of the head, and ran Jake Cargill and the baddies off. Athena vs. Cargill is looking like a speed bump right now. And I think everybody's been talking about this. It looks like Athena is being used to set up the match between Statlander and Jay Cargill, which I think everybody's waiting to see. And I think Statlander should be the one. I know you guys agree with me. I think Statlander should be the one to take the title from Jay Cargill. Forbidden Door Rundown. We got John Moxley versus Hiroshi Tanahashi for the AW Interim World Championship. Miro versus Pac versus whoever wins the Pentagon and Malachi match versus. Whoever the New Japan guys are going to be, that's going to be a fatal foray for the All-Atlantic belt. Thunder Rosa versus Tony Storm for the AW Women's Championship. FTR versus Jeff Cobb and Great O'Conn versus Rapongi Vice. This is a winner-take-all match for the IWGP A and the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships, I believe. It may not be AAA, I wasn't really sure, but they are the AAA Tag Team Champions, FTR? Those titles might not be on the line. It might just be the Ring of Honor and the IWGP Tag Team titles. So we'll see what happens there. And Will Ospreay versus Orange Cassidy. This will be for the IWGP United States Championship. Everybody complaining, oh, is this the best you got for Will Ospreay? I don't think Will Ospreay would have taken this match if he didn't believe he could get a great match out of Orange Cassidy. And Will Ospreay has never had a bad fucking match, I don't think ever. So I I need the Orange Cassidy hate to come to a stop because what you may be looking at is a match of the fucking night for Orange Cassidy and Will Ospreay. Dynamite on Wednesday, we got the Aussie open and Will Osprey vs. Orange Cassidy and Rapongi Vice and a tremendous main event on Dynamite. Chris Jericho and Lance Archer will go into a tag team match against Jon Moxley and Hiroshi Tanahashi, man. Should be awesome. Darby Allin versus Bobby Fish was the main event on Rampage. And to be quite honest with you, I didn't really take many notes on this thing, but we got a great match between these two. And uh, we got Darby Allen getting the victory over Bobby Fish with his uh, crucifix roll-up. This was a brutal match. It was very hard fought, what you exactly would expect from Darby Allen and Bobby Fish at the end of the match. Sting came down to stop a beatdown of Bobby Fish or or Darby Allen because Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly came down the ring with a steel chair and they were going to do a two-on-one beatdown on on Darby. Sting comes back and makes his return. So we may get tag team action between Sting and Darby versus the Red Dragon. I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. But Sting made his return. He looks fantastic. And he helped stop a beatdown of Darby Allen as Darby Allen beats Bobby Fish to end Rampage on what was pretty uneventful. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't. It wasn't all that exciting. It was just there. One hour of uh, Rampage tonight on TNT, and I'm very much excited for the tag team match that we're going to get on Dynamite with Hiroshi Tanahashi making his AEW in-ring debut. Guys, we are all about. Super chats now. We're pretty much done with the review section of the post show tonight. Kind of losing my voice after all the work that I did today. But I appreciate you guys very much for joining me and hanging out with me on the post show, man. Thank you for making us number one in the community. As always, 2,900 in the van. Oh my, we had uh, over 2,900. We're almost 3,100 tonight. Thank you guys very much. Hit that thumbs up. We need 40 likes. 40 likes for 1,200, man. Continue to get those super chats in. Get those memberships in. Hit that subscribe button. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on social media. I'm Shady from NY206. And make sure you guys keep an eye out for all the news coming this week, man. Couple of extras this weekend. Gonna get you guys caught up on all the late breaking news and rumors regarding Sasha Banks and anything else to come out of the Vince McMahon controversy right here on Off the Script. Let's get into the Super Chats, man. We're gonna start at the top. Gary Gordon. With a $5 Super Chat, do you think the ratings dive could be a could be to DraftKings, FanDuel, and legalized sports betting on Fantasy Leagues? I don't know why that would factor into the ratings dive of any of these shows. What does that have to do with anything? The ratings dive for AEW Dynamite on Wednesday is because of the hockey game, which did almost 5 million people. It's not rocket science, man. Gary Gordon also with a $5 super chat. WWE hits the proverbial panic button with Brock Lesnar. Yes, they did. That's all it was. A panic button by Vince McMahon. Joseph Taylor with a $2 super chat. JD, please check the gif I sent you on Twitter. Joseph, your tweet is fucking lost in the void and sea of garbage that I got tonight, man. Michelle Moran with a $5 super chat. I am 100% with you, J.D. Oh, my God, not Roman Brock again. And God forbid Vincent Kennedy McMahon gives him the Money in the Bank contract again. Side note, the tribal chief looks a little chunky. Is it that he looked a little chunky? Or is he putting on weight for a movie role? I don't think Roman Reigns is the type of guy to get lazy on his workouts, man. I don't. Michelle, I I think Roman Reigns look just fine tonight. Tony Brown with a 499 Super Chat. Jade and Kiera. sweet sweetcakes. Absolutely Tony Brown. You know when the booty meat is on TV, man. It is always shining proud on AEW, man. Don't forget Athena. Don't forget Athena, man. Athena was there as well. Phil with a 999 SuperJ. I just wanted to pop in and say thank you because of you and your inspiration. My podcast did 200 episodes. We have a voice. You taught me that. Thank you for letting me be a part of the community. Phil, I appreciate you, brother. I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. Comments like that are the reason why I do what I do, man. If I can give a little back and help somebody out along the way, man, no matter what it's for or what it's about. Those are the best types of Compliments that I can get. Johnny Angel. Are you or were you ever a fan of Duran Duran? No. Do I look like somebody that listens to Duran Duran, bro? Come on. Johnny Angel also with a $199 Super Chat. What movies would you like to see? Made into games. I don't want to see anything made into a game, man. I want to see what I'd love to see, man. I uh, Destiny 2 is my favorite game. I legitimately play it every day. I'm on it for at least three or four hours a day, man. Grinding and looting. I'd honestly love to see some of the Destiny universe made into a fucking series. It's got to be done right. Whether it's animated or not, whatever the case may be, man, I'd love to see some of that brought to uh, a, a, a nice a nice program, syndicated program, maybe Netflix or something like that, a movie. they got to be done right, though. And I'm actually interested in seeing this Last of Us adaptation of what they're doing with the video game made into a TV show. So we'll see what happens with that. Paul Van Tassel with a 19-month membership. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers in the OTS venue. I'm done watching SmackDown after tonight. Boomers love Destiny. I don't give a fuck who loves Destiny, man. I'm telling you that I love Destiny. I'll be on Destiny after this fucking podcast is over. Paul Van Tassel with 19 months. Thank you, brother. Happy Father's Day to everybody in the chat. Happy Father's Day to you, brother. If you are a father, thank you for 19 months and recommitting to the OTS VIP club, man. QT the content guy. Or Q the content guy. 4.99. The new guy. Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. The SummerSlam. Old Roman puts him over. How exciting. I guess Bobby and AJ must be busy that weekend. I don't know what they're going to be doing, man. Bobby Lashley should be in that match with Roman. Never mind Brock. Colby Hampton with two in Super Chat. We need a Ronda Rosie t-shirt. JD, glad AEW is an option. Barry Head, JD, do you know if Sasha Banks owns her theme music? Who gives a shit? Snoop Dogg will probably write her a new theme song. You don't need that fucking WWE theme. That's a good question, though. Dylan Hinton. When will MJF be back on TV? I wish I could tell you, man. MJF's gonna be back when MJF wants to be back, when Tony Khan deems him ready to be back. He's one of the handful of guys on AEW TV that are actually captivated. I agree with you. Thank you for the $4.99. Chris Leon with a new membership. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate you very, very, very much. Earl Laub with a 1999 Super Chat. The song says WWE in it. That's all right, Jesse. He'll make her a new one. Snoop is a talented fellow guy. Nineteen ninety nine super chat with Errol Laub. JD, thank you for your work. God damn shame that the performance of Riddle, he put on, he got buried by Brock, quick and over. Push guaranteed. Yeah, it sucks, man. It sucks. Issa, are you going to be at Forbidden Door? Issa, do you have press credentials? No matter what the case is, Issa, if you have press, Issa, you and I are sitting together in the press box, wherever they put us. I may actually have to sneak some whiskey into the venue, man. I got some good shit, too. A little whiskey and Coke wants to pay united center prices for whiskey and coke bro you know who's not going to be sitting uh media Chris Leon, thank you. Earl Laub, thank you. The Kingdom Kid with a 4 dollars super chat. SmackDown sucked, but what doesn't suck is Final Fantasy VII Rebirth coming next winter and Crisis Core Reunion this winter. Bro, Final Fantasy VII is my favorite game of all time. I loved the remake. Well, I mean, ugh. I mean, you, see, you don't have to. I mean, you got to prove, but if you uh, want to come for the whiskey, I mean, I'm not gonna force you to come. But yeah, playing tickets are very expensive now. You know. God forbid fucking you, you got to pay for the plane tickets, right? And then the Airbnb or the hotel, man, you're going to be dropping fucking uh, 13 large before we even get to fucking Chicago. I know that's what I'm doing, man. Two nights, Airbnb, man, cost me a thousand dollars. Plane tickets. It's like $400. I'm $1,400 in the fucking hole. I'm not even there yet. You know that is true, Issa, You could give yours to Jesse if you're not gonna go. I mean, now actually you can't. They check they check your credentials, man, when you walk in. So uh, yeah, Jesse, unless you're gonna unless you're be- gonna have a, a fucking Puerto Rican accent and uh, and have uh, Issa's name on your ID, you ain't going nowhere. Yeah, I know. Everybody, uh everybody is everybody's feeling the same way. They're not into the pay-per-view. It's a sold out show, you know? It's a sold out show. They're uh they're dealing with injuries. Sam Punk is not there. Him going down kinda killed the momentum of the show. Brian, we don't know what Brian's gonna do. He's not even booked for the show yet. Okada may not be there. There's a lot going on, man. The Kingdom Kid, yes. Uh, final Fantasy VII Rebirth, man. Uh, I, I don't want to wait a whole another winter to see the fucking next story of Sephiroth. Uh, but uh, Crisis Core, I'll be all over that, man. I'll be all over that. I remember, I remember streaming that shit on Twitch, man. The final boss battle in the uh, remake. Man, I had never been more focused. I'd never been more focused than that boss fight right there. I was in the zone, man. I didn't die at all in that boss fight. I killed Sephiroth in one fucking shot. Boss, I wish I, I, wish I had it on film. I lost it. Uh Yeah, All Out at the Now Arena, man. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing for All Out. I'd like to come to All Out. We'll see what happens. I know everybody's going to be there for All Out. shitty thing is with uh, Clash of the Castle that Saturday, we're going to have to all be grounded at home doing our fucking work, you know? Like little fucking uh, school children. Ah, you got a test on Saturday night. Uh, Roxas, 1969, with a new membership. Thank you so much, brother. What are you drinking tonight? I just bought Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. It was on sale on PlayStation, uh, on the PlayStation store for $22. I love Turtles in Time, man. I played three levels of it uh, yesterday. It's it looks fun. It really does. Uh, I may actually I may actually go back to streaming on the gaming channel, and I may I may do some games like that, man. I know you guys have been asking me like crazy to play the Quarry. I may have to do that, man. It's like it's spiritual successor to Until Dawn, and Until Dawn was fucking phenomenal. That game was fucking so great, man. Lance, yes, it is, yes. Clash at the Castle is going to be in the afternoon so we could go drink it Saturday night if I come to Chicago for all that. Yes. Yes. It may be like a 2 o'clock show. Yeah. It's great. Uh, Roxas, thank you so much, brother. Tyrone Johnson Jr., 999 Superchat. Hey, you, uh, have you got effed up by a mosh pit at a concert? If so, who was performing? Unless you never participated in one, which I understand they're not for everyone. Anyways, great show. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, three in particular that always stand out to me. Number one, uh, I seen I've seen Cannibal Corpse live in concert about seven or eight times. The first concert I went to to go see Cannibal Corpse, they were playing with three other death metal bands, bro. Nile, Chrysan from Brazil. And The Crown from Sweden, who's one of the best death metal bands of all time. You got those three bands and then Corpse, back to back to back to back. And this was at Club Lemoore in Brooklyn, man. My dad drove us to the fucking show. Oh my God. I never got fucking blasted by a mosh pit that hard in my entire life, man. We were front row, man. It was like a wall of fucking people just crushing you front row. The other one, I seen the New York death metal band Skinless live. Their singer legitimately, this was at the BB King's Blues Club in fucking Times Square. Singer legitimately jumped off the stage into the crowd after separating the crowd from a mosh pit and got into the fucking crowd to rile everybody up from the mosh pit, jumped back up on the stage, and there was a fucking huge circle pit at BB King's. And then I saw Exodus at BB Kings, or it was PlayStation Theater, one or the other. And they split the fucking crowd, and they had these two fucking seas of people just crash into each other while they were playing something, man. It was, it was ridiculous. It was absolutely fucking ridiculous. I seen Creator Live. I got a bloody nose from a fucking stage diver at uh, a Creator show. I was there with my brother Frank. Crazy crazy, man. Now I'm too old for that and I usually buy the VIP tickets and I sit up in the balcony and I have fucking drinks served to me while I watch Death Metal and anybody play. I seen Symphony X at uh, Irving Plaza. I bought tickets and then when you get there they ask you if you want to upgrade to the fucking premium seats. I'm like, how much are the fucking premium seats? I paid another $125 on top of the fucking $50 or so that I paid to go even go to the show. I'm spending $200 And I got premium bar, I got premium bathroom, I got premium beverage, premium seats. It's great. I don't know why they don't sell the fucking premium tickets right from the word go. I would have bought the premium fucking tickets if they had them for sale. Crazy. Chris Leon with a $20 Super Chat. Thanks for all the laughs and entertainment, all you do, man. Feels good to finally become a VIP. Can I get a shot of Patron? Bro, you can get anything you want, man. You want Patron? I got Patron. I like Cafe Patron, man. You ever tried Cafe Patron? We got it. Anything you want, man. Thank you. Michael Naos with a 999 Super Chat. Do we get a hologram Vince as CEO when he passes away? They can't create new stars, so how are they going to create a new CEO? Summer scam 2.0 shirts coming soon. Uh, bro, the Summer Scam shirts are the Summer Scam shirts on Bonfire, man. They're still available. Go get your Summer Scam shirts, man. They are there. And it's in the logo of the old WWF SummerSlam logo because that's my favorite Summer Scam logo. You got to go out and get it. Uh, Jimmy Fingers 19 with a 519 Super Chat. Um, Update your Discord link. I will do that for you guys. Jimmy Fingers, JD, what if they bring in Denise as Brock's new mouthpiece for the build leading up to Summer Scam, then Seth cashes in and Denise becomes Seth's mouthpiece? Then I think both Seth and Brock Lesnar's careers are finished completely. An audience from now on, the WWE Universe should bring fucking earplugs, because if Denise is in the building, you don't want to listen to that voice as it's... So high-pitched that it shatters glass. Wade Knoll with a 499 Super Chat. JVM headed to the upcoming Monday Night Raw in Lincoln, Nebraska. I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry to hear that, brother. Do you enjoy self-inflicted torture? Taking the in-laws. I just wish Cody was healthy. Reigns vs. Lesnar will be terrible TV. Bro, I would pay, I would pay excellent money, man. I would pay fucking premium money to see Brock Lesnar F5 Denise. I totally would. You get me hot and bothered here, man. you fucking talking about my fantasies here. Uh, wait, I'm sorry, brother. I'm sorry, man. man I'd I pour one out for you, man, but I don't want to dirty my fucking fancy rug. Uh, Lena Scorpio with a $2 super chat. Awesome show again tonight, JD. WWE is trash. Oh, I know. I know. Margaret DeSalvo with a $2 super chat. What would you do with Nathan Frazier? Nathan Frazier doesn't advance past NXT 2.0. Whatever you see of Nathan Frazier in NXT, he's already hit a ceiling. Hamson, 2010, what a $5 super chat. The state of SummerSlam is so stupid, we deserve to be paid to watch or attend the show. I agree. Captain Solo, bro, listen, man. Captain Solo, you get me hot and bothered here, man. Denise needs a black mass, bro. I mean, which finishing move would you like to see done to Denise, man? Wh- which finish? I'd love to see a fucking end of days. I really would. Black Mass is up there, too, man. Black Mass is up there. For sure. Uh, Mohammed Abu with a 199 Super Chat. Roman Reigns is God of India. Go WWE. Vince God Guy. Roman Reigns. Ray Zen. Why we breathe air? I love him," says Mohammed Abu. Thank you, Mohammed. Eris with a one ninety nine super chat. It's a work. Vince will challenge Roman at WrestleMania. Well, Joey Clemenza, you want to see the fucking blade? I I, I could see the Blade Runner, the one winged angel. Mohammed Abu, with another one ninety nine super chat, he says, "Acknowledge me, the Dick Dog." Yeah, Issa, come get your man over here, bro. Joseph Taylor with a two dollars super chat. Can I get a let me let me Adam Scoob? Mark Tez, XFL, becomes a new member. Mark Tez, what are you drinking, brother? What are you drinking, man? You seem like a top-shelf type of guy, bro. What are you drinking? Chelsea with a Canadian $5 super chat. Drowsy! NyQuil is kicking in. I need some Crown Royale vanilla whiskey on ice. Bought the shirt on Bonfire OTS for life. Recommend Crown Royale Vanilla. That's a delicious whiskey. Crown Royale is great. Jimmy Fingers with a 1019 Super Chat. JD, I know you don't think Vince isn't going anywhere, but I took his appearance tonight as a swift and simple goodbye on his own terms as he was stepping down before this investigation gets worse. Vince ain't going nowhere, man. Jerry McDivitt is not going to let Vince McMahon and his legacy get tarnished by a $100,000 price tag, man. Come on. You know, Jesse, I haven't had the peach crown. Is the peach crown actually that good? I might have to pick that up, bro. Maybe that, I, maybe I could take some peach crown into uh, the all-out show. I don't know, Issa, can I coerce you to come to uh, Chicago for Peach Crown? I don't know. I may have to go to the good stuff, man. I may have to go to uh, the uh, JD Lounge downstairs in my basement where I have a plethora of whiskeys. Soldier Man 1984, JD, this show is a piece of shit. Which show are you talking about, brother? You better not be talking about me. Otherwise, I'm going to fucking throw you out back behind the dumpster. So Bob, the fucking homeless man, fucking uh, beats the shit out of you. He'll throw you in the fucking dumpster, man. What show is a piece of shit? Bro, Jerry McDivitt might as well be Johnny Cochran, bro. Come on now. World of Wrestling with a $5 super chat. Well, J.D., I did my own live stream, and I know you kicked my ass, but I hope you went 316 on Vince tonight because I sure did. World of Wrestling, you gotta listen to the podcast from earlier, man. I, I didn't go 316 on anybody. I just gave you the exact feeling that I was feeling in the moment. Mark Tez with a 499 super chat. J.D., I was shocked when I found that people can still rent cars with Past DUIs and suspended driver's license, there's loopholes to do that crazy shit. Yeah, Jesse told me this, man. I I can't believe it. I still can't believe it, man. This fucking guy can uh, rent cars with a suspended driver's license. Lena Scorpio, 20, with a $2 super chat. She leaves me a uh, Fox emoji waving at me. Hollywood guy with fight out super chat. Hey JD, do you think Sasha's controversy overshadowed the MJF AEW controversy? No. I do not. I think Sasha's controversy was uh, big while it lasted and MJF's was just the talk of the wrestling world and still and still kind of is right now. Nobody's forgotten about MJF, man. Triple M with a 199 super chat. Excited for the Resident Evil 4 remake. Yes, I am, because it's my favorite Resident Evil in the series. Ice Wallow Come with a 199 super chat. JD, my man, will AW break 1 million viewers soon? I don't know. Everybody feels like if they don't, they're going to be fucking out of business. I mean, let them fucking talk, man. Tony Khan's doing fine. Satan's Little Helper with a $5 super chat. F anyone who cheers for Vince McMahon when he came out. Uh, I guess uh, whatever he is being uh, convicted of and uh, blamed for, most of the U.S. populace believe it's cool to do so. Scott Toda. Scott Toda with a $2 super chat. Grandpa is proud of you. I hope so. I hope you, man. I hope so, man. Thank you, Scott. Captain Solo with a $2 super chat. WWE put up the Brock signal. Goldberg is next. Bro, Goldberg can't even fucking walk, man. He's got a bum shoulder, I believe. And a bum knee. J.D., I think he just Bart Simpsoned you. Ice Wallow, come. I said his name the way I said his name. What do you want me to say? Not say his name. He super chatted me the fucking money. I'm not going to say his name. Wade Knoll with a nine ninety nine super chat. At least when I go to Raw Monday I'll get to see Ezekiel or Elias or whoever the hell. Oh wait, no one cares. appreciate you guys, man. I I really do. Theo with a 1999 Super Chat. I'm calling it now. Omega vs. Adam Cole at Revolution next year. Yeah, we're going to get the match. Whenever it happens, we're going to get the match for sure. You guys wanted me to, he super chat him. I have to say his name, the way I said it, right? The professional guy, $2 super chat. JD, have you ever played Dead Rising better than SmackDown? No, I haven't played Dead Rising, bro. CFFF with a new membership. Thank you, brother. Jericho, eighty one thirty one with a ten-dollar super chat. This Vince situation suddenly makes sense on why they wanted Dark Side of the Ring canceled. Also, I think Keith Lee would have been a great opponent for Roman Reigns if he never got budget cut. Hope you're doing well, bro. Well, I, now, now I know. Now I know which clip is going on TikTok. Yeah, man, they canceled Dark Side of the Ring. Uh, That that was uh, a little suspect on WWE's part. Theo with a 1999 super chat. Hoping I was at the venue with you and having a drink with you. That get off, uh, that Brock get off my TV shirt, please. I don't hate Brock to a point where I don't want him on TV. I just don't want him on TV with Roman Reigns. Theo with a $4.99 super Have you ever played Contra The Alien Wars? Uh, I was a big Contra guy back in the day, man, for the original NES and Super Nintendo. Me and my brothers love Contra. Joseph Taylor with a $2 chat. Denise needs a paradigm shift. Uh, Hulu Grimm Yes, I do have a TikTok, man. I've been uploading clips uh, daily on there. We're almost, uh, we're almost at a thousand followers on there, man. After a week, Hamson two dollars super chat. By the way, were you upset that almost blocked you? No, I was not. Captain Solo at five dollars super chat. As per Ryback, Linda McMahon is all elite and has opened up an OnlyFans. I'm glad I could make you laugh, Jesse. I'm glad I could make you laugh. Is there a jerk me Hoff in here? Who do you think should win Money in the Bank? I want Liv Morgan. Says Mark Tez XFL with a one ninety nine super chat. Um, I see Raquel Gonzalez winning the Money in the Bank. Uh, Jimmy Belenko with an Australia might two dollar super chat. Rest in peace Dave Heb- Hebner. Rest in peace Dave Hebner. Heard about that today, man. Thoughts and prayers go out to the family. Muhammad Abu, were they 190 night super chat? JD, do you remember me years late, Roman no come India? D.H. says, Jack Mehoff.
2: Know.
1: You know, guys, <laughs> I don't believe it or not, I actually put in an application to have and start a cameo account. I saw some people in the community have a Cameo account, man. I may get a a Cameo account approved. So you, you guys could actually get your personalized fucking messages from me for whatever reason, for whatever occasion, hopefully soon. Throwing that out there. Been working on that too. You know what I want to do, man? If we're doing a meet and greet in Chicago, man, I want enough of you to come out. To a point where i bring a stereo and we play red skies by dr d and we fucking sing it as a group and we have it go viral on social media man we send it to doc bro look in chicago man we love you in chicago man jared with a ten dollar super jab rock should have come back and faced walter for the ic title putting walter over i agree I agree. Is there a dick butt kiss in here, says Hooligan. John Thompson with a $5 Super Chat. John from Philly. Just want to say thank you for all you do. Keep up the great work. Shout out to the entire OTS family. John. Shout out to you, brother. Anyone call for a Dixie Normus? <laughs> Guys, is there a Mike Hunt in the chat? Mike Hunt, anybody? Todd Twiley with a $2 super chat. Vincent Kennedy McMahon got me for 10 minutes tonight. Keep up the good work. Kelly says, How about Oliver close off? What about Mike Cox? Oh, man. (laughs) RC Dotson says, Has anyone seen Camille? (laughs) Has anyone seen Camille Toe? Oh my god, man! (laughs) Oh my god, man! (laughs) That's fucking ridiculous, man. Issa says where's Mike Mike Cox long? <laughs> oh my god, man. That Camille toe got me, man. <laughs> I think Dotson, I think Dotson wins for the night, man. I really do. Uh, Todd, thank you so much, man. OJ with a 5-hour super chat. Yeah, right. Welcome to SmackDown. I don't care about Roman and Brock again. This show is LTB. Me for the morgue. This show sucks. Muhammad Abu with a 199. Abu, he says, I'll be in Chicago June 26th, man. says anyone, has anyone seen (laughs) has anyone seen (laughs) genitalia I can't even say it, has anyone seen genitalia
0: (laughs) oh my god man
1: Man, I don't believe they show. Golden boy with a five dollar super chat. I don't know if Vince if Vince did, but Ida filter snatch. (laughs) Love you, JD, an OTS (laughs) fan. Oh my God, man. Captain Solo with a $5 super chat. Denise needs the shield triple power bomb through the announce table, man. I'd pay good money to see that, man. I'd pay good money to see that. And Joseph Taylor with a $2 super chat. Is there a beef stroke me off in the in the venue? Beef stroke me off? <laughs> He says. He says. Has, has anyone seen Dick Sweat? Dick Sweat. Oh my God, man! Christy Wilson with a one ninety nine super chat. WWE's completely screwed up right now. Christy, they've been screwed up for the last twenty fucking years. Jesse says, Gu- guys, where's where's Doc Lit? I need Oliver' clothes off. Oh my god! This show is fucking ridiculous, man. This show is fucking ridiculous, man. You guys are fucking crazy, man. Jesus, Jesus Christ. Oh man. Mr. Bader, is there a Mr. Bader in the chat? I don't know man, listen. I'm getting out of here man. I need uh, I'm gonna play some Destiny man. I may make myself a fucking uh, whiskey on the rocks man. Holy shit. Thank you guys for uh, always support, man. I'm glad. Listen, man, I needed a good laugh, man. It's been a fucking tough couple of months, man. It really has. I feel like I, uh, I'm i in and out of fucking depression, man. You guys should be up big time, man. Thanks for the laugh today. Thank you guys for all the tremendous support, man. We had almost 7,000 live viewers between both live streams today. I appreciate you guys to no end, man. You show up and support. Whenever there's a major story, you guys are right here in the venue, man. Always want to see what the fuck I have to say, man. That, made, that that means the world to me. You guys know what to do, man. Hit that thumbs up. Thank you for all the Super Chats. Woke with a 999 Super chat. So we strutted the ring like a peacock. Unreal. That shows a total lack of respect for the talent and the audience, bro. It was disgusting tonight, man. It was disgusting tonight. The Vince should be ashamed of himself. But I need those guitar emojis in the chat, and I need those Mustang emojis from my VIPs, guys, and I need that music on max. Thank you for everything, guys, for such a great Friday. We'll be back with some extras tomorrow. I got some Sasha Banks news, and we'll continue the news and keep it rolling on Off the Script, guys. Thank you so very much, and I'll see you all tomorrow for some extra right here on Off the Script, man. See you guys later.